new hashtag I've just discovered, and it does absolutely fit so good. It's coming from the mind of a friend of mine and someone I really and truly respect his thoughts, thoughts, pattern, respect his work, respect the man himself. Captain Black, Nadra Enzi has been coming on the show now for several years, and uh, he's down there in New Orleans, Louisiana, and he's going to bring us up to date on what's going on with him and what's going on with this virus in New Orleans and all of that. So help me welcome back to the C.L. Bryan Show, my good buddy, Captain Black, Nadra Enzi. How are you, brother? What's up, my America brother? How are you and the crew? Uh, the crew and me are doing well, and thank you so much for coming on. Nadra, you have coined a phrase called, you've heard of all, you've heard of Jim Crow, but have you heard of Germ Crow? Germ Crow, hashtag Germ Crow. Nadra, tell us what that's about. Germ Crow is when elite liberals use a new pandemic, COVID-19, as cover for their old prejudices. And it shouldn't surprise us that we have seen this most notably in communist China, where Africans and American blacks have been told you cannot go to public places, including McDonald's. That's right, folks. Mickey D's, germ crow black people, and had to issue an apology from his corporate headquarters. They were evicting black people. And they were ordering mandatory tests just because you were black. Now, we shouldn't be surprised as communist Chinese have not been known to have any great fondness for black people. And we should also be very concerned that they've been making incursions into Africa. Again, not out of love and brotherhood, but out of imperialism. Wow. So, and I tell people, keep stressing to them. They use the new pandemic for old prejudice. And I could even bring it home for you. Let me bring it home for you. Bring it home. <laughs> hey, brother. It happened to me last year. Well, actually, this year. Excuse me. Feels like it was last year, but this year. I used to be the head of security for a place I nicknamed Happy Hippie Land. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. By, I know Happy Hippie. Mm-hmm, <laughs> run by elite liberal types. <laughs> And, you know, because they, they know better than the rest of us. Well, you know, poor old black folks like me and you, they know better. But wonderful people who work inside the place and a wonderful community. I suffer from hay fever. You know how merciless normal and allergy season is. Yeah, man. I had a, I caught one of the worst hay fever attacks since I was a kid. And I actually had to be out for five days. For the first time in almost four years working there, because I don't believe, look, I get up, I go to work. People say, why do you work so much? I point to the sidewalk and said, I can sleep on any one of those blocks there whenever I don't feel like being productive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I come back to work on that day, and first, the secretary, or the person who leaves Happy Hippie Land, and then the man who used to own the building for Happy Hippie Land, both looked at me like I was a ghost because there had been speculation. Again, elite liberals have conversations about us that never include us. And I get a text message telling me that I need to produce a negative COVID-19 test or a medical clearance because I, before I can come back because, quote, people is never, you know, they never give me names. They just say people are concerned. Mm. 
hysteria. That not help but draw the parallel between, again, wow. American liberals and the Chinese Communist Party behaving the same way in the face of possibly the greatest pandemic of our century. Wow. And you know what's so crazy about that, Nadra, is this. What's crazy about that is this. Uh, Had they had their test? Because obviously if you had been infected, they would also be infected as well already. So had they had any test? Of course not. Remember now, the Polar Bureau never has to abide by the rules that they mandate. And not only that, people who work in the building have been sick. And and let's just backtrack. As a grassroots security consultant, I spend my time looking at trends. Here's a trend I first noticed. Late January, all throughout February, in Mardi Gras, people would get sick. They were going to the doctor. They were told it wasn't the flu. They were getting sick again. They were getting sick again. And I'm talking about when I'm saying getting sick, I'm not talking about stuffy nose like I had or a sinus infection. I'm talking about able-bodied adults disappearing essentially for a week and a half, two weeks. One lady was sick, I know, for a month and a half. No explanation. The doctors are like, oh, well, you know, it's not the flu. We don't know what to tell you. Wow. Then suddenly find out what it was, <laughs> that COVID-19 had been wreaking havoc through the social and cultural practices unique to this place, as well as many others. And sadly, New Orleans ended up getting the megadose wow. of this virus. So let me ask you this before, before you continue sure. with that. Uh, was it then uh, Fat Tuesday that brought in the uh the, the the virus into the New Orleans area. in your opinion, or, or was it there it, before then? What give us what what the skinny is on the ground there in New Orleans? Because New Orleans at one time was ground zero in the world. Absolutely. Uh, for mm-hmm. this. So what what ha- what, what I mean, are you what are they telling you happened? I mean, let's draw parallels. When the Chinese communists covered up what was going on in Wuhan, and Chinese New Year, Tet, was going on. Millions of people celebrating. Hundreds of thousands getting on airplanes and flying all over the world, bringing it home to New Orleans, Mardi Gras, people flying, people taking trains, people driving. This virus has been among us for some time period, and it just hit a critical mass. Because, again, I'm watching dozens of people. I'm seeing on local social media. I'm hearing anecdotally all these people are turning up sick, and nobody knows why. So, yeah, it clearly was here for a while, and I agree with the president. We have to blame the Chinese. And I know some people don't want to be, you know, I tell people political correctness is not protectively correct. Now, this is where it came from, as I promise you. If it came out of Harlem or if it came out of Shreveport, then it would be called what? The Harlem virus or the Shreveport virus. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Just to be honest. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And uh, now I want I want to go back to Germ Crow. I want to go back to Germ Crow. All of mm-hmm. you have heard of Jim Crow, and and today we're on with the author and uh, of of uh, hashtag Germ Crow, and he has his own story about this. And uh, I, I want you to clarify uh, for us, and I want I want to really chew this this bone here because uh, it does appear that black people have been affected by this virus uh, in, in, in more uh, ways than others. Uh, Latinos as well have been affected by mm-hmm. this virus. But I haven't seen the... Have you seen this among the homeless? Are the homeless... Uh, it, it's strange to me that uh, the homeless are not really in mass affected with this. But to be honest with you, the homeless aren't being tested. Wow. The homeless, and I'm not being insensitive, but the homeless are not a group known for having access to ready, readily available health care. Wow. Most of the testing here was voluntary. You know, we still really, I mean, we've got a lot of mobile testing centers that have been set up, but we still really don't have an adequate picture of how many people may have had it how many people have it now because the testing is not widespread. And one of the populations that you would look at, there was just a study done in the Mission District in one of the big cities in California. Mm-hmm. Over 90% of the homeless people who tested positive for COVID-19 were working homeless, i.e., these are people who went to work every day and came back. Wow. You know, and I'm speculating that other people and then come over the stairs too. It's possible that being out of doors, possibly isolated for large periods of time, might actually help you not get COVID-19. And obviously, we're not recommending that people become unhoused to remain uninfected. But we're still in very early days about how this virus works. Yeah. And I do believe how that we will get it. Yeah. Go ahead. I do believe we'll get by it. Uh, I do. SARS. Uh, I think it took them six months to actually conquer mm-hmm. SARS and eradicate it. And uh, and this is something uh, this president I think is moving at warp speed. Um, you no, know, Nadra, you and I, for full disclosure for everybody that's listening, Nadra Enzi and I are both uh, black men who uh, have, who are Americans who happen to be black men. And um, our uh, viewpoints are uh, many times uh, very conservative and, and looking at it from a conservative point of view. But, you know, Nadra, before you came on, I had on uh, Dr. Kia Ellis, and she is a temperament um, <clears throat> specialist and a behavioral therapist. And um, she was saying that this is a, something that has transcended, though, uh, race, although you do have the Chinese and even those Nazis that it sounds like work, you were working with uh, b- behaving badly. Is this something that we can expect from hu- human beings as we move toward uh, handling other pandemics? Is the bad treatment of each other? Is that something in our nature? I mean, absolutely. I mean, if an individual is not guided by a Christian framework, a constitutional framework, and for our well-intentioned atheist friends, a humanist framework where you just look at people as people and take situations on a case-by-case basis, your default setting will be, if I do not like a group, if I do not like a person, and then suddenly I've got this opportunity to mask that dislike 
behind some sort of global epidemic, well, we already know. Yeah. You know, the line of the lamb have not laid down, so we already know that, yes, bad treatment will ensue. And sadly, you just had a security officer in Flint, Michigan, who asked the young lady to put a mask on because that was a policy at the family doll he was securing. She went and told her career criminal husband and his career criminal son that she was disrespected. They ran inside the place, started a confrontation, and shot and killed the man. Wow. You know, Jerem Crow has obviously racial prejudicial features, but then it also creates opportunities for the virus of violence that was already in our community to find new avenues. So, yes, bad treatment is going to be a feature of this until we start treating each other as children of God, or at the very least, if you don't believe in one as human beings, if you wouldn't want to be treated like a leper, don't treat somebody else like a leper. Uh, Nadra, what now are you doing? I mean, did you get back with the, I mean, how did you, did you reconcile with the, uh, the, the folks or are you doing something else? Talk to us about what's happening. Well, no, the how can we help you? And I've been escorting, I, I was doing this even when I had that contract, but I've been helping crime victims. Like, uh, unfortunately, a good friend of mine was attacked by one of our politically enabled Woman beaters. This dude averages about two or three document attacks on women a month. He gets summons from the police department because the police department is told by the elite liberals who, who run it. I'm not talking about the police superintendent, but the politicians and the policymakers over them that, well, we, we don't want to put him in jail because the new excuse is he could get COVID-19. I'm going to be honest with you. I wouldn't care if he got bubonic plague. This dude tried to attack this woman and stomp her dog on the head and cause the dog to get a concussion. Wow. He has, he punched a woman last year in front of half the hippie land where I used to work. He attacked another woman. He spat in another woman's mouth. Why is this person out on the streets? This is what we're seeing, endless levels of excuses. And now COVID-19 is the new excuse because they're purging correctional facilities and putting people back out on the streets with the virus of sexual assault, the virus of armed robbery, the virus of burglary, in the name of protecting them from the virus of COVID-19. Right. This is the insanity that the elite liberal brings. And let me tell you, a lot of the folks I work with in the community around Happy Hippie Land Bernie Sanders supporters lean more green than Democrat, but guess what? They don't want to be beaten up in the streets, and they don't want their dogs stopped. Wow. Well, you know, and, and you know, Nadra, even though we, we uh, know that it's a, a global problem, a human problem, mm-hmm. there is a political um, uh, in, infusion into this. And Americans, you cannot, you cannot close your eyes to the political implications of something like this. You know, Nadra, and I want you to stay with me through the break. Uh, and we'll come back with you after the break. Um it's amazing how uh, when we look at um, the, the the Democrats, they seem to be very gleeful that this mm-hmm. is happening. 
somehow they feel that this is a, a, a strike against uh, this president, I mean, and it's absolutely ridiculous. I see black Democrats, white Democrats, Bernie Sanders, uh, progressives doing the same thing. They almost seem gleeful over this type of thing. Is that what you're seeing with these uh, happy hippie land type people? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I mean, we see, yeah, we're seeing the same phenomena because again, we're talking about elites. We're not talking about grassroots people who either right now are on furlough, have lost their jobs, have a small business or has no business or a small business or limited business. We're not talking about people who live in the three-dimensional normal world the rest of us do. We're talking about elites. And let's face it, right now the Democrats have as their presidential nominee and Lord love him. It seems that he's suffering from early stages of dementia. You know, Joe shouldn't be out there. But he is. My grave concern is who will they pick on the pick of vice president? Because that's the person who's going to be running the country. <laughs> You're absolutely and, right. You're absolutely right. And obviously, yeah, and obviously COVID-19 gives them tremendous leverage. Because let, let's be very candid. The economic environment that we find ourselves in now is much closer to the prescriptions of Bernie Sanders than it was January 1st, 2020. You're absolutely right about that. Uh, Listen. Had to make investments into the economy. Because I tell people, this isn't socialism now, what the Trump administration did. If government tells you you can't go to work, if government tells you to close your business, then government should compensate you for it. Now, I know that there's a point, and I'm warning folks, we're arriving at these points because as these states reopen, that six hundred plus dollars of unemployment you're getting is going to be in jeopardy because when your job calls you, or if a job is offered to you and you don't take it, you will be kicked off of unemployment. A lot of these governors, a lot of the backers are like, "Look, we can't have people sitting home making more money than they were in the workplace." Absolutely I'm not. not. Passing judgment on that, I'm just saying. No, that no, that's that's absolutely not. Nadra, stay right there. Hold with me uh, through the break. Sure. Nadra Enzi, Captain Black will be back with me on the C.L. Bryant Show. There's some things we got to investigate, and you want to help us investigate them. I'm C.L. Be right back. Don't go anywhere. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Are lifted high 
CL, back with you on this great day in the USA. You're listening to the CL Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant. I want to thank you for coming along with us as we build the bridge here daily on the C.L. Bryant Show. Uh, coast to coast, border to border, over Red State, the largest talk platform in the nation and uh, the most listened to as well. And thank all of you uh, who are in the terrestrial stations who replay us throughout uh, the day. Thank you for being there as well. Special guest uh, this hour, Nadra Enzi. Captain Black down in New Orleans, Louisiana, and he's giving us the real deal, Skinny, on what's happening in New Orleans in every aspect of it. Nadra, um, you know, you were mentioning that um, this money that's being spent is exactly what progressive liberals and so forth wanted, and I, I want to continue this conversation with you. We could not, if, if Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders had been president and vice president themselves, we probably would not have been able to spend this kind of money in this short a time at all, man. It is absolutely amazing what has happened to this These economy. These are the ironic circumstances that great challenges create. Because, again, if President Trump were this Darwinian conservative, he just would have folded his arms and said, well, hey, that's a tough break you guys got, but, you know, not a federal responsibility if you're falling over in the streets or you need respirators. But guess what? That's not what he did. Whether you like him or not, he took the ball and ran with it. And I remind people. As we try to do, you know, a, a forensic autopsy of who knew what, when, where, and how, let's be very honest. You're sitting at your desk, your president of the United States, in those walls. They come to you and say, Mr. President, there is a bug that is among us that will become well-known within a month's time that is so virulent that if we literally do not shut the economy down, we could possibly, this is what the models were saying in that time period, we could possibly lose hundreds of thousands of millions of Americans in a short time period. Now, this was dropped in your lap. You're the president. What do you do? To stand in there blinking? A crime is not going to be a sufficient response. And God help us if it had been Joe Biden in the seat when this happened. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Or Hillary. Hillary. Yeah, know, yeah he, you know, he, he wouldn't have known what to do, so the vice president would have been the one. And I'm not being malicious, but the point is the magnitude of this threat. And, you know, I'm a science fiction fan, so, yeah, I've seen a scenario in novels and in movies and TV shows, but to actually see it played out before my eyes, and I'll be honest with you, for those who are biblically inclined, remember during Easter, and Passover for our Jewish brother. If you didn't look at Exodus, if you didn't look at having blood on your door and the parallels between the biblical epic and what we were going through now, then you were blind. Yeah. This is some serious stuff. And, you know, part of some talking points and being bound by ideology are not enough to address it. The president and the Congress did the right thing. Now, we can debate, did they give enough? Did they give too little? Did they need to give more? But the point is, if there had not been a massive infusion of cash 
into the economy, where would we be now? Yeah. Yeah, it'd be bad. And I tell you something, Nadri, Nadra, Nadra, this is, Nadra Enzi is my guest. Nadra, when I look at how, uh, and I believe it was the divine hand of God that caused our economy to soar to places it had never been before, Mm -hmm. right before this crash, right before this thing happened. I dread to think what, where we would be if we had not have had that type of performance uh, under this administration in in those in those uh, three and a half years uh, before and, and this. And let me before... show you how roles change. Just to piggyback on exactly what you said, I've got leftist friends who say, "Wow, the president should have shut the borders down sooner." Now let's fast. Now last year, you would not have found anybody on the left talking about shutting down borders for any purpose. When he, remember when he shut the borders down? Remember when he stopped traveling from China and Europe? Yeah. Remember the howls of outrage? Oh, man, yeah. You don't hear any outrage now. If we could put a blue dome over the United States to keep our potential foreign infection, you wouldn't hear a mumbling word from anybody. No, no, you know what you you know what you're right as far as that's concerned because they flip the script so mm-hmm. often and that and, and Americans I don't know and this is this is what frightens me and you see you're more in contact with grassroots people at this point in time than I am because mm-hmm. I just hadn't had a chance to get back out there and be with them but you're more in contact with grassroots people than I am and this is what I'm afraid of is that we become sheepish nadra uh is that we become so used to being led that we lose our american edge that's what i uh, and and we start turning on each other and the house becomes divided against itself is that what you're describing when you're talking about this type of uh, reaction from your liberal uh former liberal colleagues I mean, some of them. Now, the liberals, in a sense, you know, the leftists, in a sense, clearly understand that we can't afford the luxury of getting into partisan bickering with something of this magnitude. Most of my friends, most of the people in my community right now, they're home, not by choice. (laughs) You know, their businesses are either closed or operating at a snail's pace. They've been furloughed. Some some percentage, like myself, have even been fired. But the point is, if money isn't coming in for some program, if money isn't coming in from donations, then money isn't coming in. Wow. And that brings clarity far more than turning on CNN or MSNBC to get your marching orders. Absolutely. Not throw Fox News into, because the point is, liberal, moderate, or conservative, most Americans right now are wondering, well, am I going to be able to pay rent? What's going to happen in three months? Will I be able to go back to work? I mean, I'm, I'm a co-coordinator of the State Opening Coalition with a local talk show host, Jeff Carrera. Yeah. And we're trying to promote a safe pathway reopening segments of the economy because the point is the only reliable program people have is a job because I, I hate to tell folks this Congress 
can't keep granting trillion dollar stimulus. No, packages. no, can't sustain it. There's and no way, no way we can sustain it. We get to election time, the more stingy they're going to be with the dollars because this is, you know, this blank check is going to come due. And I'm really curious to see what the tax situation is going to be next year. Right. And and you so know what, Nadra? Well, we uh, the stimulus check, so now we have to raise the time. I mean, again, we don't know. It, All this is being made up as people go along. Nadra, they're giving us our money. They're, they're giving us our own tax dollars back to us. I mean, that's, that's I all they're doing. It's a that, that's, <laughs> it, it's almost like a, ski, a, a, a pyramid. I mean, some kind of pyramid scheme. And that's why I don't argue <laughs> the, the role of federal stimulus, because at the end of the day, it's like you said, not even at the end of the day, at the beginning of the proposition, it's your money. It's my money. Yes, it, it really you is. Pay, it, exactly. You've been taxed. You pay taxes. Why can't you get your taxes back when government is telling you, not you're being lazy, but government is saying you can't go to work. You can't open your business. Okay, fine. The government needs to give you some of your money back so you can maintain yourself and your family. Yeah, that's at what's going on. At least in the interim. Yeah. That's what's going on. And uh, but but we're not we're not. And you know what? The thing is, too, we're not paying for someone's college education, although the, the, the Pelosi and them had their way. Uh, that would be on the, uh, the pork in this type of thing. Uh, but that Trump is really just wanting to help us stay afloat until we can start paddling again. And we got to start paddling again, brother, because if we don't start paddling again. We're going to be lost on this sea. Uh, we're going to be adrift. On this sea, and I mean, we're, we're almost like the, the shipwreck boat in Gilligan's Island. You know, <laughs> you know, the, you know our economy is a museum exhibit. It's a, it's a boat with a hole in it that right now isn't seaworthy. We've got to get it seaworthy. There's got to be safe phase opening where possible. And I also can see that in this new economic environment, a percentage of our, of our workers may have to be on some form of subsidy because. Certain industries are not coming back, and there aren't jobs replacing them. Certain business owners have, for all intents and purposes, have to perform the last rights over their businesses because it's, it's done. You know, we don't know what the prospects are for the service industry. We don't know what the projection is for restaurants, music venues. I mean, essentially, live music. Wow. You know, as as you're saying that. Definitely on life support because we have not come up with safe ways, safe and profitable ways to reopen these venues. As you're saying that, Nadra, I'm I'm thinking of uh, what's that little club there that uh, we were at that night uh, with with Adam uh, from Freedom where Stray Cat was a Stray Cats or something like that. It used to be Spotted Cat, yeah, Spotted, Spotted Cat. Cat. It, it, they're no longer in that location, but it was uh, Spotted Cat music. I just it, and it, it, Spotted Cat restaurant, and it had. Music. Uh, music yeah, man. It was a neat little place. Food was good. Absolutely. But I'm thinking about places like that who can't afford to stay, who might not be able to afford to stay open, but, you know, we're a, a doggone uh, iconic, iconic type. And and so um, that's uh, I, I'm, there's a lot of them. There's thousands of them across the country um, that are in that circumstance, that circum- situation. Nadrenzi, tell the folks how to get a hold of you, how to bring you to them if they want to engage with you. Absolutely, you can find me on Twitter at Supply Sharer. That's S U P P L Y S H A R E R. Supply Sharer. One of the fastest ways to get to me. You can also find me on Instagram under the same handle. 
And I have to give a special shout out to United States Senator John Kennedy. You yeah. might not like what he says, but he says it's straight and no chaser. <laughs> and he has been hands-on this particular issue from its inception. Yeah, Michelle, we got to get John back on because uh, when John ran for that office, it was this show who uh, gave him a big platform uh, when we were there locally in Shreveport. And, uh, yeah, John's a great guy, homespun, Huck Finn to the core, and, uh, you know, just just, just love that homespun uh, uh, attitude that he has. Nadra, listen, man, you continue to fight the good fight. I know that you will because you Absolutely. are uh, fighting the good fight. And thank you so much for being on with me. God bless you, and God keep you. Thank God you. God bless you, and God bless America.